Hello everyone and welcome to Back of the Grid. My name is Chris and I'm joined just by Stu this week. Hello everyone. For a little a little cosy two-man fireside chat in, <laughs> on this grey, rainy evening. Oh, it's miserable, isn't it? You can hear the rain on my on my roof. I can hear it all pounding. Yeah, you can pounding. hear rain in the background of the podcast. It's, it's like atmosphere, it'll be... Yeah, it'll be nice. It's like when you, if you're having a like really load of trouble sleeping, and you switch on go to Spotify and to the night rain playlist. Which yeah, get I like yourself some nice enjoy. background noise. Yeah, yeah, just a bit of white noise, you know, get you to sleep. But try well, not to go to sleep like yeah, during the say, podcast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we'll do our best not to send people to sleep. <laughs> it probably wouldn't be the first time we've sent. I'm sure people probably have gone not. to sleep listening to our dulcet tones <laughs> in the past. If you've gone to sleep listening to our podcast then do let us know. I would love to hear about that. I dread to think what dreams you had after that. Yeah, that was my next thing was that. Don't <laughs> tell us what you dreamt about. <laughs> uh. Uh, shall we talk about some new cars? It's always um, one of our favourite times of the year, car launches. Yeah, we did. Yes. Well, I think we've only talked about McLaren so far, haven't we? Um, so mm. I think we'll just run through the other ones we've had up to the current date um, and just have a chat, see what we've noticed, see what we think about them. So the first one to talk about is the Alpha Terry, which is it's the first of a couple of teams that just seem to have inverted the two colours on last year's livery and called it a new one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I think it's still it's still a nice looking car. I think I prefer last year's. Yeah, it looks very um sort of motorsport manager to me, that car. It does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't <laughs> know what like... it is about it. I think it's just the two tone. There's not really any, really any, because it's matte paint. It, 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 those two colors with the matte paint kind of make it look a bit flat, which I know yeah. that's what matte paint does that. It makes a car look flat. But like this, it just looks like a sheet of paper. <laughs> <laughs> which is um, weird because last yeah. year's, if anything, had more, it was more predominantly white, but hmm. it just. I don't know, actually worked better, I think. But still, not a bad-looking car. Yeah, you love a white car, Chris, don't you? I do. Like a white car with some interesting... Like an interesting other colour for details and stuff. Yeah. But, it like, the the way the whole front end is more navy blue this time, just... Yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of Pastor Maldonado's Williams. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's that kind of era of Williams a little bit. Yeah, hopefully um, the, the, the spirit of Pastor, Pastor Maldonado isn't present in the car. Well, well, based on the merch they've released, I think the new Williams is going to be quite navy blue heavy as well, but we'll Hmm. see. We've got a few days to wait for that one. Interesting. One of my favorite parts about the... um the launch of the Alpha Tauri car was the, the the two, it was Yuki Tsunoda and Pierre Gasly stood next to it in what appeared to be the Zoolander costume. <laughs> it's fashion, you know, it's a fashion brand. <laughs> What's this? A Formula One car for ants? <laughs> the, kind, the way they were standing as well kind of had the vibe of yeah. like, your mom has like dressed you up in some fancy clothes for like school photo day and you just feel horribly uncomfortable. Yeah. In yeah, they d- they didn't look the most relaxed of uh, not at all race drivers, did they? In that moment, very strange. Um, it looks so. As we know, a lot of the cars this year are um, sort of chassis wise based on last year's cars, and all the teams have a couple of dev tokens to develop certain areas. It looks like AlphaTauri have spent most of their 
bits on the front suspension. Um, they seem to have taken that kind of novel steering setup that Red Bull used last year, where the steering arms are kind of situated quite a way further back in the car, which means they can make the nose a bit skinny. That seems to be where they've done their development. And obviously they have the new Honda engine as well. Nice. Yeah, cool. Um, um, are we ranking these? Ooh, that's probably, well, let's wait till we've got all 10 and then we'll maybe do a ranking episode in a week or two. That's a good idea. Yeah, let's do that. Because we're still a few short at time of recording. Yeah, we're a few um, cars short of a grid. Yes. <laughs> uh, Alfa Romeo are another team that just seems to have inverted colours and called it good. Again, nice looking livery. I prefer last year's version of it. There we go. There we go. Oh, it's in some sort of warehouse. <laughs> Yeah, all um, sort of studio photos of F1 cars either have to be in a warehouse or just in a black void or a white yeah. void. That's the actually options. the that's actually the um, Alfa Romeo factory. It's just round the back of the uh, <laughs> Ferrari garage. It's a spare one that they had. <laughs> it's like, oh, go on, you can, we'll fit you in Yeah, we'll, we'll squeeze you in. Yeah, um, I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like, again, the giant logo on the engine cover like they had last year is just, it just looks cool. It does look cool. I like the way they've deleted the circle from around the logo, so it's yeah, blended so it's... with the livery of the car. That's very cool. Got a yeah, lot so of time for that. Just the serpenty bit. Um... And also from the back, um, only one side has a strip that says Alfa Romeo leading down to the exhaust pipe, and obviously it's mirrored on. The, it's not mirrored on the other side, but it's um, what's the word? Uh, it's kind of obviously the the logo has to appear. The uh, Right, yeah, because it's not a symmetrical logo. Because it's not so. a symmetrical logo, yeah. So it's actually an asymmetrical livery on the car. If you look at it from above, you can see one side has a strip going down to the exhaust and the other doesn't, which there are no images of the car above, probably for that exact reason, because they're scared of not non-symmetry freaks Formula One engineers out. <laughs> so um, that would explain that one. We don't really know much about what the development they've done. There's some interesting stuff going on around the nose of the Alfa Romeo um, and the kind of cape sort of thing that most teams have underneath the nose these days. Uh, It looks like I've done a lot of development around that area, but not really given a whole lot of way so far. No. Yeah. Um, Like a lot of of teams are sort of being quite, cloak and dagger about it particularly yeah, cloak i mean they're always they're always very cagey anyway but this year particularly cloak and dagger i've noticed a few yeah. it seems the, um there was that one photo from the mclaren shakedown at silverstone where if you zoomed into the photo you could see where someone heard in what appeared to be Microsoft Paint, just drawn <laughs> over all the kind of barge board and um, floor areas, just like really haphazardly to try and cover them up. I like that. I kind yeah, of like it that. Re- <laughs> it felt very last minute, like we've got to get this photo posted. We forgot to edit it. Just get it in paint. Just get, get rid yeah. of it. We cannot afford for anyone to see our barge boards. We need to sort this right now. <laughs> Somebody hand me Instagram stories and let's paint over this with our fingers. <laughs> um, Should we move on to Red Bull? Probably yes. the cages to the lot so far. Um, I mean, as expected, they don't have a new livery. Looks like a Red Bull, doesn't it? It's literally... So I've, I know like it's the joke is, oh, a lot of teams haven't changed the livery. If you look at the photos of this year's and last year's side by side, they have literally 
taken Aston Martin off the rear wing, slapped a couple of Perez's uh, sponsors on it, and that's it. <laughs> and the, there was no, there's no Aston Martin on the front. There's a Honda badge on the front. As yeah, well, yeah. They've basically replaced all Aston Martins with Hondas. Um, yeah. I've I've um, seen I've seen some people try and argue. I think Red Bull themselves have tried to make this argument that they have an identity and they sort of want to stick with this car identity and have it be like, you know, ultimately it'll become one of these classic liveries that are around for a number of years. Mm. And I get that. But at the same time, if you go back and look at these quote-unquote classic liveries that have been around for a few seasons over the years, they still have tweaks and changes to them year on year. Like if, like Ferrari. Ferrari, the joke is, oh, yeah, it's Ferrari, it's red. But if you look year on year at Ferrari, there's always they try different things and make tweaks and change the sort of accent yeah. colors around and stuff. Yeah. Red Bull have literally not done a thing. They've basically had the same livery since 2016 now. Hmm. And well, there's, I, there have been, I don't know, they've changed the tone of uh, the, Red Bull. To play devil's advocate, Red Bull would argue that they have changed the, the hue of the sort of dark blue to purple kind of thing over the years. Well, so 2016 was the first year they had this kind of matte navy and the kind of neon red color and stuff. And if you go back and look at the 2016 Red Bull, it's really not much different yeah. to what they have okay. now. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I, 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 I can't and, argue against that. And it's a, like it's a nice livery. I remember the first couple of years they had this livery. We were all saying, "Isn't that a great looking car? Like that's one of the best looking cars on the grid." But mm. I don't know. Well, like, even some change, I'd be yeah a bit happier about yeah i i'm i on the one hand i'm with you because i I would like you know you do we like to see things change we like to see things refreshed and and sort of brought up to date i would say the thing with red bull is because they're such a they're, they're one of the biggest brands in the world and there's a reason why they're one of the biggest brands in the world and it's because they're very recognizable so this what 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 formula one is to red bull is a huge marketing campaign Mm. and if you go changing your look and your accent or your your colorway or or the things that represent your brand then you're diluting what your brand is as a recognizable recognizable a recognizable (laughs) thing within the context of what you where you're presenting it so it does make sense to me that they've kept it the same for a number of years now, but the certainly the designer in me would like to see something at least a little bit refreshed, you know, a little bit different. Yeah, I think you kind of get you get to a point of diminishing returns, though, don't you? Like at this point, I didn't really see their car launch getting a whole lot of attention online because there wasn't really anything new to show. There was a render of a car that doesn't actually look anything like the actual one's probably going to look like in the same living half a year. So I think they've hit the point of diminishing returns on that personally. Mm, That's a good point. Yeah, I'm sure there would have been a lot more buzz around Red Bull if they'd come up with a new, completely new design. Or if if they'd maybe, you know, maybe they'll run like some crazy livery during testing like they have done over the last few years. Maybe maybe. that's how they'll get get the clicks. That's the thing, isn't it? Like the proof of the years, they do have great design in them with these testing mm. liveries, but unfortunately, they never stick with them. Yeah. In terms of the tech side of things, they've again been extremely coy about what changes they've made to the point where, as I say, they released these renders for the reveal and then the actual shakedown. There was no, no one was allowed in the circuit basically. So <laughs> there's next to no photos of the actual car. 
Um, from what has been seen, it looks like they've possibly spent their tokens on a new gearbox housing, which has allowed them to sort of slim down the rear end and change the rear suspension layout. Yeah. Oh, they've gone with the Mercedes-style rear suspension, haven't they? Yeah, they've kind of gone back down the Mercedes route. Um, That's a lot of development tokens. Yeah. Basically, you're done. Yeah, yeah, they've thrown everything in that, it looks like it. Um, And obviously, again, they have the new Honda engine, which Honda have basically brought forward what was going to be their 2022 engine um, for the year before they leave the sport at the end of the season. So it's going to be fascinating (laughs) to see. A lot of smoking Red Bulls. In, uh, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> have they been able to get the reliability there and how much more performance have they got out of that? Hmm. Very excited to see that. Yeah, interesting. It's going to be interesting testing next week. It's going to be very interesting. Yes, it is. God, it's come around really quickly, hasn't it? Yeah, big time. Mercedes. What do we think of the new Mercedes? Now, I happen to know, Chris, that you're not a huge fan of the new Mercedes, or at least... Uh, half of the new mercedes it's it's another case of and i feel this way about a lot of cars this year it still looks good but it's a, i feel like it's a step backwards from what they had last year hmm okay yeah. i feel like you disagree i think well i agree and i disagree there are areas of the car which i think are a huge step forward i think last year the driver numbers on the back of the car looked like they just forgot all about them and slapped them on in the yeah. default font on the back. I think it was just like Helvetica font or Aerial font. Probably Aerial font on the back of the car. Yeah. Like 44 and a 77, which looked rubbish. At least this year, they've got... It looks like they, it looks like the sort of AMG style font that they've gone with for the numbers, which I like. Um, I've got a lot of time for for the way they've done that and the way they're set down against the sloping rear of the car, I think looks cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the AMG logos. Yeah. I mean, they do, they're trying to make a, make a pattern out of something that is clearly not designed to ever be a pattern there, which, which I'm struggling to like. It's the thing is like, it's no real secret that Mercedes and Daimler as a corporation want to push their AMG brand. Mm. And the way they've done that, just it just looks like them going, hey, guys, guys, remember AMG? You've heard of AMG? Hey, guys, guys, check out AMG. Hey, look, AMG, everyone. Yeah. I'd like to have seen the other concepts for this, um, this design <laughs> yeah. to see what else they could have done. Because th- th- I, I just think that the way they've done the pattern at the back is just so... It does seem a bit... Af- it seems like they were clutching at straws to They're me a little bit of- like... The, the, they're sort of trying to do the same thing they did with the stars on the last couple of years' liveries. And yeah. it works a lot better with a star than it does with... Yeah, because the star's logo. like an actual shape and it looks yeah, kind exactly. of cool. And, it, and it's got a sort of... Um, it's possible to make a pattern out of it because it's almost... You can fit it within a sort of pattern area quite easily. It's like a, yeah. like a, like a, a, a one-to-one shape, whereas the AMG logo is obviously very wide. So mm-hmm. there must be probably ten to ten to, to five, what one to five width wise, like aspect ratio wise, if you want to put it yes. that way. And it just looks weird. So if you look at where there's an AMG logo, sort of at the front, kind of underneath where the front of the halo is mounted, like yeah. just that single logo on its own in that context yeah. looks fine. That's looks like, right. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, you kind of get the feeling as well that they wanted to bring back a bit of the corporate silver with the back end of it as well. Like, yeah, 
that was definitely the brief is yeah can we get like, can we get some more of the mercedes resale silver in um yeah basically <laughs> in there um also the, the the way the ineos logo is is sort of just kind of lumped on the top of that yeah in some sort it, of apologetic kind of border <laughs> around it just i i do take issue with that it's not integrated into the design at all no it's just a it's completely contrasting colors to the rest of the car. It doesn't match up with anything. It doesn't seem to flow into anything else. Um, like, we know why it's there. Like, Ineos have got a much bigger stake in the team. Now, it was always going to be there and always going to be a bit more prevalent, but it does feel a bit afterthoughty, doesn't it? Yeah, there's still ways of getting it in there and it not looking crap. And um, <laughs> unfortunately, they didn't manage to find one of those. Although I will say, seeing the car under sort of lights it is a, a lot different because you get the reflections of, yeah, the, absolutely. Of, of other things in the paint so it does kind of like those the contours of the car help the rest of delivery sort of blend into itself mm-hmm. a little bit more but overall i think my least favorite so far i do like that that this sort of winglet on top of the halo is in the patronus sort of bluish green on top of the black halo i think that looks quite cool yeah, I don't know which image you're looking at, but it's it's just black for me. Oh, really? Oh, no, it's not. No, you mean the you mean the really thin? Yeah, the really thin there, one right on top. I thought of you were talking about. I thought you were talking about the T bar for the camera for a second there. Ah, for no, some no. reason. I don't know. But yeah, that's which is black. But yeah, I can see the thin halo, the halo splitter, the halo winglet. What what is the name for that? I'm gonna go with winglet. Winglet. Most good. I, like I just like saying the word winglet as well. Yeah, you were right first time. <laughs> <laughs> So from a techie point of view, they've already admitted that the car we've seen so far is missing a lot of the interesting new aero developments I've come up with. Uh, there's a quite a big bulge on the side of the engine cover, which is also present on the Aston Martin and will almost certainly be there on the Williams as well, which suggests that it's there to um, accommodate the new engine. They've said the new power units, I should say, which they've said includes a lot of new innovations. Uh, they've worked a lot on reliability, particularly with the MG UK, which has been a bit of an Achilles heel for them in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, they said they've changed the alloy for the engine block to aid with reliability. Ooh, they've changed parts of the that's turb. Interesting. Yeah, so it used to be, I think I'm right in saying it used to be predominantly aluminium, and they've now changed it yeah. to a unspecified different alloy to help. With so the reason they would have done that, so this is this is really interesting to me because... Um, the the block usually the block in most cars the block and the I guess it's the valve train so you've got the block which is the main component of the engine which where the pistons live and then the valve train is the bit that attaches to the top of that where the pistons obviously let air in and exhaust gases out and the bit in the reason you have a gas you have a head gasket between those two and the reason you have a head gasket between those two is because they're different materials. And it'd be impossible to have an engine without those two being different components. The gasket is there so that when the bottom part heats up and expands at a different rate to the top half of it, which is a different material, then it stops any, it fills in any gaps formed from those two expanding at different rates. So -hmm. the fact that they've come up with a way of, um, having different materials in the block means probably a couple of things They probably saved a bit of weight and also i expect it's to do with heat expansion as well yeah there'll be be. there'll be a whole bunch of different things because if you can if you've got a more rigid material 
that is better at withstanding heat, then you can generate more power. It weighs less, and there's all kinds of advantages you can can be taken from using exotic materials to make the block of the engine. So, yeah, that's I, what I imagine is what they're doing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also they've made some changes to the turbo to reduce heat transfer. And also, they just said they've made further uh, increases in thermal efficiency. They didn't get any specific numbers, but what is already one of the most thermally efficient engines in the world, yeah. they've made even more thermally efficient, yeah. it seems. And again, again, that probably points towards some pretty hectic work they would have been doing on that engine block, by the sounds of that. Yeah, it sounds that way. Shall we move on to Alpine? Yes. Let's. So um, we, we we deliberately didn't talk much about this one. So we have sort of our freshest reactions here on the mm. podcast. So I've, my initial reaction was that I loved it, but I've been trying to work out if I actually love it because it's a great livery or if I was a bit overexcited because it was the first livery we'd seen this year that was actually new and different because everything <laughs> up until this point has been kind of a variation of the theme and then this was like out of the blocks like bam like yeah whole new look yeah so first are we going to talk about the the, the reveal of the livery or are we going to gloss over that <sighs> the reveal was interesting yeah <laughs> the strange alpine vr world they created yeah and the fact that you literally couldn't watch it because it wasn't the laggy stream, as most yes. of the comments on YouTube said, GP2 stream. GP2 stream. <laughs> I didn't see that as good. But all that aside, car looks. I think the car looks great. I it really like this it? car. Yeah. The, the blue is the same blue that they had on the Renault um, Formula E car. Yes, it is, which was always one of my favorite yeah. race car liveries. It also yeah. reminds me a lot of um, Toro Rosso for a few years had that kind of electric oh, metallic Red Bull blue. thing, didn't they? Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of it. Very big fan. It's, it's very French looking. It's got the red, very white, French. and blue. They've gone, they, gone heavy on the patriotism. Well, they've they've gone to lengths in all the kind of statements and stuff to say that they are incorporating the French and British colours because obviously the team is based in Enstone and has been for decades. Mm. But, I mean... It I does think look a lot more French than British. <laughs> I feel like it's doing the French and British colours because it's a happy coincidence that they're the same three colours and not that it's yeah. by design. Yeah, I don't think they were thinking, oh, we've got to get the British colours in there as well. It must represent Great Britain. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely not on When it's the literally agenda. got a French flag on the nose and on top of the front and rear wing end plates. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's re- replete with French branding yeah. is what it is. Um, it's great though i really like it um, yeah it looks sick it looks really again cool. some of the sponsors look a, a bit sort of a bit janky but that's always the case with f1 cars yeah a little bit plonked on there in places um i'm struggling to find much fault with it though as a, no. as a design i think it works really well for a race car there's, there's obviously there's people out there who are going to disagree with me massively and i don't really care what they think that's um, the joy of these things isn't it yeah that's the joy of the internet i suppose <laughs> um but yeah i think it looks i think it looks wicked i love the alpine logo the way the the a flicks up sort of in, yeah and sort of becomes an a and an l kind of thing look to it and, and just the way they've got that red panel kind of angle at the back makes it look it's kind of it, that it's it sounds really cliche but it's that it looks like it's moving even when it's standing still yeah. kind of vibe they've gone for and yeah, yeah, it uh, works. You took the words really out. Well. I think it looks <laughs> sick. I mean, uh, this is my favorite so far. I would say. 
yeah, big fan. Um, again, we've only got renders so far, so hard to judge. Uh, it looks like they're following what seems to be a trend this year of generally narrowing the bodywork to help airflow. Um, there's some sort of interesting bulges sort of around the front of the engine cover that weren't there last year that maybe suggests they've um, yeah. changed the air inlet system. You could the say the engine. exact same thing about me, Chris. Since this COVID <laughs> pandemic, I've barely been out. There's some, some, COVID there's some bulges. pretty serious bulges where there were none before. <laughs> um, and then a bonus bit of news that they uh, announced during the uh, unveiling was that Dale Kvyat is joining the team as their new reserve driver. Oh, So good to see him still involved with F1 in some capacity. He's um, just clinging on, isn't he? <laughs> well, he did before, didn't he? he when he yeah. first dropped out, he was with Ferrari for a year, wasn't he? Has yeah, their, he was. Yeah. Um, simulator driver, I believe. So, mm. I mean, don't bet against him reappearing on the grid at some point in the future, especially with Red Bull, the way they've chopped and changed their drivers over the years. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't quit him out completely. But yeah, but big fan of the Alpine. Very big fan. Mm. Um, another thing i like is i've been predicting for a few seasons now that when they think they've got a really decent car again they'll bring back the blue and yellow livery that alonso won his championships with and i thought this might be the year given that alonso is returning obviously they're no longer renault but alonso has revealed his helmet now and his helmet is going to be in those colors which is a nice little throwback i thought they're definitely paving the way towards that aren't they yeah looking at this car alonso doing that yeah that's yeah, I like that a lot. Very clear statement they make. Which then brings us up to today and the mm. Aston Martin reveal, which was another slightly bizarre virtual online event thing. Yeah, but this one worked though. This so, one worked so, a lot better. Yeah, so that's a start. I think, you know, I'm not going to be too critical of this one because I've been looking forward to this uh reveal for quite a long time. And yeah, they went heavily down the bond route um with yeah. uh one Bond actress presenting it and then another Bond actor turning up with a little weird video message partway through, which was a thing. <laughs> um, I didn't see that. I missed it. I was on a, uh, uh, I was doing something with my business, so I didn't see um, see much of the launch. Yeah, so Gemma Artisan was presenting the whole thing and then Daniel Craig was just there briefly with a... Um, that is sick. Oh, they got actual kind of, James yeah, Ruddy Bond to come and, and, and reveal then, the car. That's then rad. Also, also, Tom Brady sent a video message for reasons that were not entirely clear. Who's Tom Brady? Um, <laughs> NFL quarterback, most successful. All oh, right, one of the most successful of all time. Oh, okay, um, I might. Um, we might have to make that the episode title. <laughs> Who's Tom Brady? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Tom will be very annoyed by that, but he's not here, so yeah, he'll get, get the clicks. That people, I'm clicking that. I'm definitely clicking that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, what do we think? Um, it's got bulges where there were no bulges before, which is a running theme in all yep. of them. The um, same bulge that Mercedes has, which is definitely to fit the engine in. Yeah. Um, I, no, I like it. I do like it. I, f- I would have maybe preferred... I need to see it in real, in the cold light of day. Really, because these are so, all CGI boys. Yeah, this image I'm about to send you a link to is the best, sort of the closest to real lighting I've seen. Um, there we go. Okay. Ooh, ooh, it's a bit, bit. Yeah, this is a bit more lively, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a very big fan. 
Yeah, I had a Vauxhall Corsa in a similar colour to Ooh. this years ago. <laughs> but mine was a bit darker than this. This is, yeah, I like this. I like so, it a lot. So the interesting thing about this is there were rumours going around for the last couple of weeks that obviously BWT were title mm-hmm. sponsors of Force India and then Racing Point for a number of seasons, which is why yeah. they had a pink car. Aston Martin were always going to want their own colours because they're, yeah. they're South Aston Martins. There were rumours that BWT were maybe going to turn up as the new sponsor of, um, initially the rumours were Haas and then it was going to be Williams. Then a few days ago, Aston Martin announced that they are, the sponsorship with them is continuing, but not in a title sponsorship position, which is why the new car has a few pink stripes on it. Yes. Now, we talked a lot in past weeks about how much we'd like to see them go down the route of the Aston Martin WEC cars where they had that sort of lime green accent to it. Yes. If you go back and look at... Do you remember Aston Martin released these kind of like teaser like videos and image things a number of weeks ago? when I think it was when they first announced like when the launch day was going to be and there were these little like teaser videos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you go back and look at those, all of the merch they're wearing they actually show a race suit in that video they are all that color green predominantly with, with the lime accents and with the with yeah. the lime accents everything like the the race suits have got lime shoulder things now mm. all of a sudden all of the things that match up in what we've seen today are all exactly the same but all the lime green has turned pink so i'm almost certain the original design of that car had the lime green accents and then one day it was like oh Bad news, guys. We stick with BWT. We need some pink on there. <laughs> yeah, that's. I've already, in I fact, mean, I've, I've already seen some people online um, Photoshop these images to change that pink to lime green, and it looks phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, there is a lime green in the halo. There's a bit of a lime green accent underneath the Aston Martin logo ah, on the top of the halo. Yeah, so they have kept it there. I they just probably forgot wonder... to Photoshop that bit. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there is literally <laughs> no other part. In this image, you can't see the yeah. any other part of the pink stripes, so it could well be the case. Um, I like the pink. I f- think it would be really cool if they did the proper WEC thing where they have one car that's got the pink accent and another car that's got the bright fluorescent well, yeah, lime green cool. accent. That if would only be amazing. could have they, different liveries within the team. Yeah, I wonder if they've, you know, they might have said something. They might have had a bit of a, you never know in Formula One. Like they might have had a little chat with, yeah, possibly sort of see how far that said, can get away with can, it. Yeah, can we have, can we do what we do with our brand, which is have one one color, the other another color. Um, yeah, I, I, I still really like it. I think it looks really nice. I can't wait to see it going around a track. I think yeah, that, that the proof will be in the pudding when it, when you see it going around the track. But the layout of all the. Of all the logos, looks pretty cool. It's all that team historically. And I'm, I'm, now I'm talking about Racing Point and um, Force India days. It's always been very, very replete with sponsorship branding um, all over it. But it they've feels got a lot more thought through from kind of a corporate point of view, doesn't it? Yeah. To, to the Force India and Racing Point days. Yeah, there's definitely a bit more order to mm-hmm. the layout of the of the logos, but. Also, none of it looks like it shouldn't be there. Like it all yeah. looks like it fit. Nothing, nothing looks shoehorned in. If you look at the Mercedes, looking back to the Mercedes, the AMGs on the back and the um, is it Ineos or whatever it says on yeah. the top of it, it's all really apologetically non-integrated <laughs> yeah. and looks a bit daft. Whereas this, 
works. This looks like a Formula One car should, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I love that the front wing end plates just say Aston Martin as well. Like, yeah, so there's no, there's no like completely different color that doesn't fit for a sponsor or something. Like, just those little things like that are just like, it's just nice, very clean, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but even um, even the t- tonality of like the JCB logo on the rear wing, like the way that yellow works with that green yeah. kind of still works. Like they're a similar sort of hue level. Like mm-hmm. one's not particularly way, way more brighter than the other one. They've really done a really good job of like matching that predominant sort of greeny petrol blue Yeah, as a base color to, to all the other sponsor logos that go onto the car. And I think it looks great. Yeah, really big fan. It's it's a toss-up between this and the Alpine for my favourite one at this point, and I haven't chose my favourite just yet. Yeah, I, f- I mean, what are we? Let's well, let's save that. We'll for save next that week. conversation. We should, yeah, yeah, you can tune in next week, and we'll tell you all about our, which. We'll rank the liveries next week, and you'll discover what our favourites are at that point. That was hot rankings. <laughs> all about um, a ranking in terms of dev tokens. So. They seem to have used their tokens to lower the side impact structure. So the side pod inlets are higher up, which is interesting because that's something Racing Point used to do. Mercedes copied that, but then Racing Point moved away from it again. But obviously now Mercedes have used that and be very successful. They've kind of moved back to what was originally their idea, it seems. Um, They've also got Mercedes 2020 rear suspension, but they are able to get that without spending their development tokens because it's it's one of the parts that's listed that you can buy and sell between teams. So that doesn't... That's why they're so able to do that. How, how long is it before Alpine pipe up and say, or all Haas <laughs> pipe up and say, you've copied their design for their... Well, they all agreed on the new regs for it and the new list, so... Yeah, tough. Yeah, <laughs> it's, What do we think about the, the sort of green Mercedes theory that I shot at you <laughs> just um... before this episode? Well, I think after the whole breakdown debacle last season... It's there's the the rules around that are much clearer now. So ultimately, mm. what they're doing now is going to be within that rule set. So I don't really yeah. see a massive issue with the way that those rules ended up. If I'm honest, like we know Haas and Alfa Romeo are doing the same with Ferrari, so it's mm. not that different. If anything, yeah. I mean Haas have literally got there's like a baby Haas factory within one of Ferrari's factories these days. Yeah. Like they're very closely linked. That's so. the that's the factory where they did the shoot for um Alfa Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> they just cleared out a house for ten minutes while they took some photos. Yeah, yeah, lads, lads, just can we have a minute over here? Um <laughs> one thing I have noticed about the Aston Martin is the brake ducts at the front look to be non existent <laughs> on this. Yeah. Image. I well, I know that, that's an area of development, isn't it? So maybe they're hiding them, or maybe they just found well, a really cool way of making them tiny, teeny. They've like cut back on how much development is allowed within the brake duct area this season. I believe I'm right in saying, but so I think it's partly down to new regulations. But I think it's also, as you say, that's just them not showing their hand in that development area. Mm. It's the same course, with the the floor. Like what we see on the floor of most of these cars is not what they're going to be actually running with because that's yeah. like major development area. Yeah. They've literally like taken a Dremel to last year's floor and just thrown yeah, that basically. <laughs> you get 15% less floor now. Yeah. Uh, I and think that, it, looks, it looks great. It looks yeah, so it's, good. Yeah, it's awesome. It was, I, I'm waxing lyrical over here. Yeah, like... Yeah. A, a green racing <laughs> car is is 
in many ways hard to get wrong, but they have done a really good job yeah. with it, I think. Also, apparently unlucky green racing cars in Formula One. Yeah, apparently. I'm told. Let's hope but, not. Yeah, I don't I mean I, I would call this petrol blue, petroleum blue, I would call it. Yeah, this it's not your traditional green British racing green, is it? It's no, it's a bit brighter than a British green. Yeah. My old mini, my old mini was that's British racing green. This is not that colour. This is a very different colour to that. Never comes across on TV well though, proper British racing green. Also true. Also true. The, the, the caterums why. actually, the caterums were probably the closest you had to British racing green, and even that was probably a bit too saturated to be. Yeah, proper and the Jaggy was green. never quite looked right either back in the day. Anyway, mm. the other anyway. detail I noticed from the whole Aston Martin launch is that. Um, Seb just looked really happy. Like, yeah. even though he was doing this horrible corporate thing that traditionally none of the drivers enjoy, he still looked happy to be there, which yeah. was nice after the last couple of years at yeah. Ferrari. I did I did manage to sort of skip through the, the launch just before we came on. And yeah, definitely he he did look he had a bit of a he had a, he's got a massive grin on his face as they're taking the flag off the top. And we, yeah. we mentioned a moment ago about Alpine, you know, with the uh patriotism sort of angle i mean this thing's got a ruddy great big british flag draped across the top of it with a german and a a canadian (laughs) pulling it off the top bit weird but hey yeah yeah but Um, looks looks sick and better look really happy yeah so that's us up to date currently um at the point we're recording this the Haas launch is tomorrow Williams is the day after, and then Ferrari is still a week away. It's not until March 10th for Ferrari. Um, I mean, Ferrari already, already did their team launch, which is just Ugh. a bit of a non-event. But yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's 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 us up to date with new cars. A couple of quick bits of news we'll do as well. Uh, in recent weeks, Ferrari have confirmed that they are going to return to the World Endurance Championship. They're going to be entering the top Le Mans hypercar class from 2023 Ooh. onwards. There's no details on exactly what the car will be and who the drivers will be yet, but Charles Leclerc has already made a point of saying he would be very keen on joining the team for the Le Mans 24 hour. So yeah. might get another F1 driver or two at Le Mans, which would be nice in uh, a couple be of years' very, time. Very cool. Very, yeah. very cool. I'm very interested to see what car they run. Yeah, because obviously the hypercars have to be based on a road car up to a point. Um, yeah. What is the latest um, badass Ferrari hypercar? Is it the La Ferrari, I thought, would be the, the Ferrari, cool. the Ferrari? It's a good few years old now, though, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Ferrari. Not really sure. Because um, I know like Toyota have already unveiled theirs. Peugeot have given a hint to what they're going to be doing, but the Peugeot is not going to be... They're not entering until next year. I don't Two believe. days ago, all new hypercars. Them. Oh, it's making a whole new hypercar. Oh, uh, okay, whoa. it's going to be. In- I almost just said a really bad swear word. Then looking at this illustration, I don't know <laughs> if this is even a real car, but it looks rad. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with that. Um, and we know Kevin Magnussen is going to be uh, entering WEC, or at least entering Le Mans for Peugeot in a year or two's time as well. So, yeah. Glickenhaus must be. Um, displeased <laughs> mm. <laughs> um that reminds me as well i don't know if you've seen there's been a lot of videos of roman grosjean doing his indycar testing in recent days it's really nice to see him back in a race yeah, car i did see that um 
I did see that. A very yeah, nice he, looked, time. he looked really happy. He looked like he, he looked sort of like a man who's who's kind of refreshed and he's yeah, gone, he's gone to a new school kind of thing. Yeah, he's, he's made loads of new friends. He also, um, I don't know if you remember, he showed off the helmet he was supposed to wear at his last F one race in Abu Dhabi, which um, his kids had designed. We thought they just like done loads of drawings over it. He wore that helmet for his first IndyCar test, which was a really nice touch. Oh, I thought that's cute. Yeah, that's really cute. Real cute. Uh, yeah. And then another little quick bit of news. Um, Williams have confirmed that W Series champion Jamie Chadwick is going to be staying with them for another year in a development driver role, um, which is perhaps a little more significant this year, given that W Series is becoming a F1 support series. So mm. obviously, Jamie Chadwick and all the other W Series drivers are going to be way more uh, sort of obvious and available to people within f1 f2 and f3 which is very cool yeah that's a huge step for w series i'm really pleased about that um, yeah definitely I'm super excited to seeing them going around the track every weekend yeah well, not every weekend awesome. but whichever weekends that they are joining us mm-hmm. and obviously great news for jamie chadwick she's doing w series alongside extreme e next year um as well as various other things um so yeah cool great stuff. stuff great stuff and that's sort of us up to date i think so should we finish hmm. up with a bit of inbox is uh, keep me saying now but stay but stay on yes shall i take the first one take take some of the weight off your shoulders chris go for it the weight of this episode weighing <laughs> down on you the crown lay heavy on the head um tom bunty says other than delivery what do you think the main differences will be between the racing part of 2020 and the aston martin of 2021 in terms of how the team is run and the performance we can expect which team do we expect to be aston martin's rivals finally any suggestions on how to fast forward time to the 19th of march <laughs> um well on the fast forwarding time thing just um get find a way of getting yourself into a coma for a specific match i'm to speak to a doctor about that one just a long sleep would do it yeah. yeah um aston martin Ooh, uh, performance-wise, I think I don't expect them to move too far. I think I'd be very happy with Aston Martin to hold station with uh, last year's um, racing point. What about you, Chris? Yeah, so uh, Lance Stroll in the thing today was talking about um, saying how they just missed out on third in the championship last season and that that is should be their target for this season. But I agree with you, if they can... Third would be great if they can get fourth again. I still think that would be a solid achievement given that they're having, you know, they're going through a driver change. They perhaps aren't going to have the performance advantage they had last year, you know, around the whole Mercedes parts, pink Mercedes thing. Um, Mm. Yeah, I think fourth, maybe third would be a really good achievement for them. Yeah, I guess like the good thing for them is that all the pink Mercedes stuff has passed and they still have all that learning and all those parts like under their belt. Mm-hmm. So while they paid yeah, paid a bit of a price for it last year and almost lost out, this year they should be... I mean, let's, let's not forget they lost out. Was it 15 points they lost? They were docked last year? Yeah. Um, hopefully none of that business this year, which hopefully. straight away sets them up to be 15 points. If they stay <laughs> the same, they'll have 15 points more than they did this year. Um, yeah. But um, it's going to be a tall order. I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of talk from the Ferrari side of yeah. things. About I think they'll maybe have an easy time with McLaren. A lot of what McLaren is saying 
makes me feel like a lot of this year's car is kind of a bit of a compromise because obviously mm. all of their development tokens had to go on putting the Mercedes engine in there. So I do feel like McLaren are going to be a little on the back foot compared to their rivals, especially given how damn close the midfield was last season. Yeah. I, I think they're going to be... I think McLaren are going to have a slightly harder time with this year. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Next from Josh Merrin. Between the pair of them, which do you think will perform better in Alpine? Alonso with his knowledge and experience or Ocon with the current experience in the modern machinery? Hmm. Don't know. Do you have do you want to go in first on this one? I I think the way Alonso in recent years has bounced around and done, you know, WEC, uh IndyCar, Dakar, and being fairly successful in all of them I think that kind of points to he won't have much trouble adapting to these new cars so yeah I, I don't think he's going to have a very hard time at all I think Ocon perhaps initially will have the legs on him but across the season I very much expect Alonso mm. to come out on top there um, I don't think Ocon will have the legs on Alonso I think maybe during testing May, Ocon might post some better times, especially since Ocon's doing the shakedown, um, I think today in Silverstone, as we speak. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, well, probably not as we speak, because it's dark outside. <laughs> now, but, um, yeah, Ocon initially in testing will have the legs on him, but then as they sort of set up the car and get things where they need to be for Alonso as well, definitely um, want to, you know, wanna, I think Bahrain, Alonso will out-qualify Ocon. I think, and I think he'll continue to qualify him for the remainder of the season. I don't think that's a bad bet. Um, Rayan F1 says, do any of you know, can explain the new management structure for Alpine? I'm honestly a bit lost on that. Oh, I don't know. Is that one for you, Chris? I, I can try. I understand the management structure of Alpine. So obviously Cyril Abitable left at the beginning of this year uh, as oh. team principal. And they've decided they're not replacing the team principal role as a single role. So there's going to be an executive director who is Marsan Budowski and yeah. new racing director Davide Brivio who joined from um, the Suzuki MotoGP team. And then both of them are going to be reporting directly to the new um, CEO of the group, uh, Laurent Rossi. Okay. So essentially, not having a new um, team principal. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing, though, I read is that they've tried the, uh, something similar to this structure in the past when they had um, Fred Vasseur, who's now the Alfa Romeo boss, as racing director with um, Cyril Abitable in a sort of more managerial position. And that lasted one year before Vasseur bounced from the team. So Oh goodness. <clears throat> hoping for not a repeat of that from them. But um Yeah. So the CEO feels... the CEO that's not the same CEO who like smuggled himself from I think was it from Brazil to No no that was that was the old old CEO. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> and if you don't know what that is, Google it because it's a really fun story. It's a really weird story, yeah. <laughs> um it it feels like they're trying to go a bit down the McLaren route, doesn't it, of having more more specialized people rather than one or two 
doing everything mm. kind of jobs. Yeah, I was going to say that similar to McLaren's approach yeah. of sort of a few different people to answer. I think it, it's one of those. I mean, look, McLaren have shown that that can work because look at the results and the progression of McLaren over the last few years. Mm. I think that's I, a huge part of their recent success. Yeah, I think it cannot. I think when it does go wrong, it it goes badly wrong. I would say, because when you look at Williams, they've had a few different sort of yeah. people up and down their order with different responsibilities, probably maybe not quite sure who answers to who, a lot of big names trying to make a name for themselves and not necessarily towing the line. So mm. It's got to be the right people in the right structure for that to work, hasn't it? For, for sure. sure. Absolutely, definitely, yeah. Next, Dat's Life say, looking ahead at the new season, what are your favourite driver pairings and who do you think are the strongest and weakest pairings on the grid? Ooh, maybe that's a ranking for next week. (laughs) Um, We could could quickly do those three categories. Um, I mean, for a favourite pairing, it's hard to look past Norris and Ricardo, isn't it? Yeah, that's a strong pairing. That is a fun pairing. It really is. It's like subjective favorite, probably probably uh, Ricardo and um, oh my god, Norris. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, um, strongest, uh, weakest pairing. Str- no, strongest first. No, weakest first. Let's do weakest we- first. Weakest. I mean, it's probably got to be Haas, hasn't it? Just because you know you're looking at two rookies in Schumacher and his teammate. Yeah, and any team that's got two rookies is going to be in for a a tricky time of it. Also, we have to call Schumacher's teammate just Schumacher's teammate for the yeah. Yeah, never saying that guy's name unless we absolutely have to. (laughs) Um, And then the strongest pairing, probably Ferrari for me. Do you think so? Or pairing? Yeah. Well, if we're talking, it's it's a it's a weird one, isn't it? It's if you're looking at the total you know total skill level of the two drivers they have i think ferrari are right up there if we're talking about how well those two people are going to work together i'm not so sure because i still think a lot of people at ferrari are going to be in for a bit of a shock with carlos Sainz. yeah let's do it the simple way and just do skill driver skill skill points so obviously yeah those two are probably cumulatively the most skill points between the two. yeah i think it is for me um, I'd, Maybe, I'd rank them over Hamilton and Bottas, but but um, does Hamilton have so many? Is Hamilton skill good enough that yeah, that he makes up for the missing Bottas skill points? That's the. Question. And to be fair, I think Verstappen and Perez have yeah. the potential to not be far behind as well. Yeah, I think though those three teams are probably quite equally matched cumulatively, driver wise. Oh man, I mean, imagine if those three teams all produce similarly good cars this year. Oh, and you've got really... those six drivers. Like that would be yeah. an incredible I mean, year. We're really relying on Red Bull and Ferrari to do the business there. And, uh, and Mercedes Red Bull, dropped I think the ball you, a little bit. And, yeah. And I mean to be fair, if Mercedes have made a load of changes to their engine, they've, if they've got new materials in their block, that that stuff can go badly wrong. So It sounds like Mercedes haven't like rested on their laurels. They've been really pushing the boundaries like they always do. So there is always the opportunity for things to go a bit wrong there, but historically it doesn't, does it? Yeah, when that's true. yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so I think we've 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 definitely not answered that one. Um Callum <laughs> Hall uh says, What effect do you think will come out of testing and first race being back to back at the same track? Oh, bit of poetry in there too. <laughs> um I I wonder if we won't be in line for the next 
for the most boring season opener of all time. Um, I don't think it will be boring. I think last year's Bahrain Grand Prix were both electrifying. It feels like F1 spent most of its time in Bahrain recently, doesn't it? Yeah, it's definitely like... Um, <laughs> I think the thing is, like, Catalonia is traditionally a, a pretty poor race, and a lot of that is put down to the fact that the teams know that place inside and out because of all the testing they do there. Yeah, And it is true that they've spent a lot of time in Bahrain recently, and they'll be going from testing directly to the race, but what Bahrain has going for it is that it's a good racetrack and that's not something Catalonia has going for it. So mm-hmm. I'm not overly concerned by it, to be honest. Yeah. It's not like they um, have a lot of testing either, is it? It's like, is it only two days this year? Three days. Three, three days. days of testing. Not Friday. a lot of testing time at all. Yeah, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, they're going to be testing. Um, and then, and then racing the following weekend, right? Yeah, but the good thing for them is that, you know, all the stuff will be all pre set up in yeah. Bahrain ready for the first race so yeah exactly you know, it's not going to be so difficult for them to kind of move things move things around in between the two races um in between the two events I should say uh there's I guess yeah to go from testing there for days on end to then the, the, there's something about going from testing there for loads for, for what for three days in a row to then immediately having a race in the exact same spot. Hmm. Maybe that could sort of lead us to some pretty. I mean, it could lead us to some really, really close qualifying times, but y- you just don't know. I think with testing, like you never really know who's going to be sandbagging, who's going to be doing this, that, and the other. And we'll cover all that next week when we preview the season, I guess. Yeah. When we get close to testing. Yep. Uh, and oh. I th- think that probably brings us up to date. Um, we haven't had time to talk about the Formula E races that went on last weekend. As oh, always, if you didn't so see good. them, go back and watch them. They were brilliant. I'm so excited for this season yeah. of Formula E. Shall um, we just have a quick word on Lynn's, Alex Lynn's accident? before? We yeah, go? I mean, obviously, I think that's primarily quick... very glad that he's okay. It was a big old shunt he had. Yeah. Um, there's there's no proper footage of it because, well, I mean, it, I've read really interesting articles actually. Essentially, it's like F1 always has all the angles on everything that happens at all times because F1 has F1 basically can afford the infrastructure to oh yeah have cameras running on everything at all times. Literally, whereas most every of the series, every corner. yeah, most of the series just can't do that. So, but it was it was one of the towards the end of the race, like with about what six minutes to go. And because Lynn and Evans were fighting over like 14th and 15th at that point, they'd like turned off their in-car cameras to focus on other in-car cameras and the trackside cameras were focusing on other people kind of thing. So there's not really a ton of footage of the incident. There's like one CCTV camera, I think. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a very clumsy, messy accident. Um, so was and- it was it because they'd um, done the... Was it a full course yellow, and then he just not noticed they'd done a full course yellow and gone into the back of the other guy? Or, or no, what, it was just a racing incident. He was trying to pass um, Mitch Evans, I believe it was, and it kind of went into a gap that wasn't. Again, it's hard to see because we only have this CCTV footage. Mm. It, it could be that Mitch Evans shut the door on him very, pretty violently, but 
it looks to me more like the track width was getting a little thinner and the gap he was going for just kind of pinched. And he ended yeah. up basically, his front wheel hit Mitch Evans' rear wheel and just kind of pinged him into the air and sort of ended up upside down. Um, yeah, it was reminiscent of um, Weber and was it Kovalainen's accident? Kind of, yeah. It's the same Valencia. thing where two wheels both rotate and hit each other and it's like just becomes a, flying. a launch pad basically yeah yeah um a lot of do or die moves going on at the moment in formula e there's a lot of it seems like a lot of desperation early season over there yeah it's i think we said this at the time it's i, I feel like a lot of formula e drivers they know that those cars although they look quite fragile they can actually take a heck of a beating and keep going and i think they they drive more like, you know, a touring car race than an open wheel yeah. uh, racer with that in mind kind of thing. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely. But still some really, really great racing in there. Um, it it looks like, as last season kind of pointed to, that the Mercedes-powered cars are the ones to beat this year. But we've had, they, <laughs> they basically finished at either ends of the uh, standings in the two races we had last weekend. So still yeah. loads to race for. Yeah, when when they're not, malfunctioning and plowing drivers yes the barriers which is a whole other thing and then of <laughs> course the ds to cheetah team are currently running last year's powertrain they're not going to have the new powertrain until um i believe it's the next round so expect them to get a lot quicker as well yeah exciting times exciting yeah. stuff go watch it it's brilliant but on that note, I think we'll probably uh, call it a day. So thank you, as always, for joining us. Um, if you want to get in touch with us before the next episode, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Just search Back of the Grid and you'll find us. You can also go to backofthegrid.com where you can uh, use a contact us form. And that's also where you'll be able to enter the Predictions League once the new season starts. And I think mm-hmm. that is everything for now. So until next time, it's goodbye. Goodbye. This image I'm about to send you a link to is the best, sort of, the closest to real lighting I've seen. That is not the place where I send you a message. That is the place where I send you a message. There you okay. go. Okay, where? where? <laughs> In Zencaster. Okay. Uh, I can't please. see the message. I'm trying desperately to paste this. That's just it's not com- pasting. It's Command V, Chris. Yeah, that it, that doesn't work, apparently. <laughs> I'm going to WhatsApp it to you. This will be worth okay. it. Okay. Okay, just uh, this is good, good material. Great content. This great it's content. Just, it's just great content. Are, are you right. sending it to me or to the group? To you, just to me, just to me. That's special. I feel very privileged. <laughs>